nation wedding, you really, if they're speaking another language and a language that you know, it's always good to get someone on the ground, for sure. I wouldn't have been able to do it without my wedding planner, although, like, you know, we did sometimes have a different vision on things. It was executed in the way I really wanted it to be executed, and it was done because he spoke the language. He spoke Spanish. This episode of the You and Me podcast is brought to you by The Bridal Journey and Wonderlust Creative. This episode spotlights a gorgeous real bride and the process that she'd undertaken to plan her dream wedding. I'm Laura from Wonderlust Creative, a bespoke wedding and event planning company that specializes in creating unique and personal events. And I am joined as always by Andy, owner of The Bridal Journey, a premium wedding blog and research platform, which is the best go-to for all your wedding inspiration. Today on the show, we have the ever-gorgeous Charlotte Heinrich, who takes us through her love affair with the diamond trade and her incredible multi-day wedding that took place in the coastal town of Correas in Mexico. So here she is. Let's dive on in. Okay, we are joined by Charlotte Heinrich today. So thank you so much for joining into our podcast, Charlotte. We're super excited to have you on board, um, you know, our super recent wedding for you and a marriage so congratulations thank you yeah I'm excited to be here (laughs) so we generally start off all our episodes with our brides with a bit of a background of who you are um, for those of you who might not know and what you do in your life outside the magical day that was your wedding yes well um who am I? I so I was um, actually a country girl at heart. Um, I was brought up in a place called Goulburn, which is south of Sydney, um, and I, I went to school, primary school there, until about sixth grade, and then I was shipped off to boarding school by my parents, which didn't go down that well. But um, anyway, <laughs> then um, I actually studied, I went to university and I studied uh, events management, thought I was going to be an event planner, but then uh, um, with (laughs) I know, and then I've done something completely different. So after university, I then um, moved over overseas to Hong Kong to be with my now husband. And then we've kind of just moved all over the world, Um, lived in Hong Kong, Singapore, New York, and now London and I've done a few different things it's all kind of revolved around fashion but um, I am now working in the diamond industry and that's kind of um, that stemmed from me getting my engagement ring so I had no idea I was going to be in the industry and I met the girl when I got my engagement ring so yeah it's interesting oh my gosh how life turns out incredible yes and how long have you been in the diamond industry for? Um, so it was when I got engaged, um, so about two years now. And um, we actually, that's the main part of our job is that we specialise in engagement rings and wedding bands and all that lovely stuff. So it's it's a fun industry. Oh, yeah, I bet it is. Amazing. And so your partner, well, your now husband, Tom, how did you meet, how did you meet him? 
Um, so we actually met a while ago back in 2008. So we met through my sister's then boyfriend at the time. They went to the same school together and he was actually in the same year as my sister. And um, apparently this is what he says, um, that he was having dinner. He was over at my house with my sister's boyfriend and my mum was cooking them dinner and I roll in from a party, a night out on the town, and I stare down the table uh-huh. and look at him and I'm like, I've always wanted to date a singer. Sorry, he was a singer in a band at the time and I apparently knew that. He will never, he will never let that go. He always remembers it. So it's, it's pretty funny. So it was the wine talking definitely it's always the wine talking with me I swear (laughs) a while ago now it's been fun (laughs) great and um so you've been together for a while and then how did he propose yeah so we've been um we were living in four different countries have been dating for about seven and a half years um before he decided to pop the question um, but when he did, it was it was exciting and it was a massive surprise. He did it in New York City at a place called, a restaurant called Chaconis. It's an Italian restaurant on the water in Dumbo, which is across from Manhattan. And he did it in front of two of our best friends and he had already informed oh, wow. me. wow. Yeah, so it was quite, it was nice. They'd captured the moment for us and it was completely unexpected though, although like I'd wanted it for so long. It, to do it then and there when he, when he did it, it was a complete surprise. Um, but, yeah, so he had actually informed my family beforehand who had sent over champagne and there was a crocken bush and, you know, it turned into a, a long boozy lunch followed by he had organised all our friends to meet us at a bar after in Gramercy called Rose Bar and that was fun and we just danced into the night. It was good. That's incredible. And it's when you're with somebody for a long amount of time, it's hard to keep a secret like that, isn't it? It's one of those things we pick up on their little quirks and we know when there's something that, you know, potentially might not be as kosher as what they're saying to us. So to still surprise you after a few years is really special. No, yeah, it was really, it was a beautiful surprise. It was really nice. Yeah, amazing. And so because you work in the diamond industry, did he, we, we, you weren't working there yet, so he didn't, did he propose with a ring or not yet? So he did propose uh, with a ring. It was just um, he proposed with an eternity band. So a ring with diamonds all the way around, round stones. Um, beautiful, wearing it right now actually. Um uh, it's actually not my wedding band. It's another addition to my wedding band right now. But, yeah, so picked that out. And then we, with the hope of us going together and picking out the right stone for me, which is beautiful in my eyes. <laughs> and so uh, that's just one of those things, isn't it, that it's like it, it's such a personal choice but, um, you know, to, to present you with something that you know that you're going to wear for eternity, hence the, for the purpose, and then add to it with, you know, your own take on it because of the industry that you're in is really special. So in that whole process, what what kind of 
you know, you are now working in there. So what kind of advice do you give couples or grooms that are coming in that, you know, are looking to find that, that perfect ring or where do they start? I think, um, well, with me especially, I had no idea. And I feel like a lot of brides-to-be also or groom, uh, grooms-to-be people who are looking for engagement rings, they don't know either. So I feel like the best advice would be to go and try on different styles. Try on as many as possible. You know, this is going to be, an ex- for a lot of people, a, a big expense in one's life and you want to make sure that you're getting the correct stone um you know with the setting for instance that's something that you can change down the down the track it's not obviously as expensive as the stone the stone's the most important part of a ring really it's the most expensive part so you can always change the setting down the track if if that's something you don't necessarily love but yeah the stone is what's important so trying on lots of wedding bands before you come in to get a a, get an idea yeah and I actually got engaged this year and I didn't realize um like looking at the quality and like that it doesn't matter so much about the size sometimes but it does you know you can buy better quality rings and there's something like the fluorescent I don't know you might have to yeah there's so many so many different factors when it comes to a diamond. I'm actually studying, um, I've studied a course in diamonds and now I'm studying another course and just the knowledge there is to know about a stone. So again, like it's also, I feel like because the diamond industry is based so much on trust as well, because, you know, you want to make getting the correct stone from the correct person it's all you know it could be all words and and it's all about the the sale of a stone to make it seem so much better than it is with with some people's sales tactics so that's why I say to be possibly referred to by someone um so that you know what you're what you're getting yourself into and you can really trust that person I could talk about diamonds with you all day <laughs> because like you said, it's, it yeah. is, you know, it's a single investment and it is a big investment. And, you know, if you, not if you get it right or wrong, but if you don't yeah. know the intricate details of what you're purchasing for that kind of, you know, money and that kind of meaning, it it's could um yeah, it could come back to bite you. So it's um it sounds like you just would have such a fascinating job. And do you know what? Being in an industry that deals with couples getting married would have been, you know, amazing when you got married. So yeah, tell us tell us a little bit about how you went about organizing your wedding. Well, it was quite an extensive process. Um, I actually didn't realise how um, far in advance we actually needed to start planning for a wedding like ours because it wasn't just the wedding. People were travelling to Mexico for the experience and our wedding was kind of it spread out over a couple of days so we had a lot of... Um, planning to do but yeah as I mentioned we got married in Mexico um, on the west coast of uh, Mexico and um, overlooking the Pacific Ocean so the Pacific Ocean side not the Caribbean side 
and in a state called Jalisco. And I found out that they uh, that state makes tequila. That's where tequila is from. So that was quite fitting for a party kind of yeah, a party kind of wedding. So that was good. But yeah. <laughs> The only place to be in Mexico, I think. Yeah. And then having a, a wedding in Mexico, how did you go about planning that? Did you have a wedding planner that helped you that was on site in Mexico or how did that kind of pan out? Um, so I actually, we did have a wedding planner. We had a Mexican wedding planner um, and he was good. Um I had we did definitely have a few hiccups along the way. I think mainly because of the differences in visions, I guess. Um, but it was great to have him in terms of the language barrier. So he he obviously spoke Spanish and he had all his vendors. He's a he's a big event planner in Mexico. So um, we definitely needed his help. Um, but along the way, I actually I had to consult my girlfriend who is also a wedding planner she's based in Sydney her name is Georgie Duddy um she's from After the Rock so she was really aligned with what I wanted and the direction I wanted to go in so she really helped me and we kind of actually planned although she was consulting for my wedding we kind of just like planned it together and then just relayed everything exactly what I wanted to the wedding planner to the to you know, the exact point of detail because um, I didn't want to, again, like different visions and things like that. So I basically just planned my own wedding <laughs> and told him what I wanted and he executed it. Ah, amazing. And so did you did you utilise him for finding your other vendors or did you and Georgie just get together and, um, you know, have an extensive list on Instagram or how did you kind of process getting everything that you wanted and the way you wanted it? Because obviously, you know, we're our, our style and our aesthetic is incredibly different to what is over there currently. Um, how did you get about getting it all the way that you wanted it? Um, so... I mean, I've always loved entertaining um, and I feel like I entertain on a regular basis and I get all my ideas from like things that I see definitely on Instagram. I was always on Vogue looking at previous wedding events and I drew on inspiration from fashion events. Like for instance, um, Dior had this fashion event in Morocco uh, during last year and they had these amazing plates these personalized uh beautiful Dior plates and I drew on that for um one aspect of my wedding where I got personalized plates for my guests um made by a Mexican artisan and it had everyone's uh names on them and that was like a little souvenir for them to take home from Mexico they were incredible I was looking at them before and they were just beautiful calligraphed names and they were incredible they it was really executed well and it looked very Mexican and um like and that's kind of the feel I wanted I didn't want everyone to fly over to a country and then for it to feel like we're in Italy you know what's the point so I yeah yeah um but yeah also with the vendors like my my wedding planner um he knew all of that. 
So he basically helped me on the ground. There were a few adjustments needed to be made, like in terms of budget, where he wanted me to, he was all, he was very over the top. So he wanted me to get my flowers from Holland, <laughs> fly them in from Holland. Um, obviously, that's quite a expensive process where I was like, you know, Mexico, it's a summery location. You think they're going to have um, bright, beautiful, summery, gorgeous flowers. I just want to bring them locally. Is that possible? Um, so they were like the little things that we needed to work through. But, yeah, mainly it was all his vendors. All of them, the majority, you know, so. Amazing. And so, you know, other than the language barrier, did you find yeah. the process with with you and After the Rock and your guy on the ground pretty smooth once you decided that this was the direction you were going and, and you got married on, did you get married near New Year's Eve? Yeah, so I got married on the 6th of January. We actually were going to have a New Year's Eve wedding, um, that was the area that we got married in. It's their most busy time. So we had to push it back a little bit because there was no no room for my guests. Um, but, yeah, it was a, overall it was a, a smooth, pretty smooth process. I mean, you know, once I uh, consulting with Georgie really helped me, that it really um, – made the process a lot easier because, like I said, I would just relay everything we had discussed to my wedding planner and I just told him this is what I want and he was the executionist. So, and it really, it worked in my favour towards the end. So, you know, it was a bit stressful at times, but overall it was it was pretty smooth. And then um, in terms of your wedding dress, so you wore this beautiful um, Danielle Frankel dress I believe she's in New York isn't she is that where you found the dress yeah she's she's originally from LA but she's New York based now um so I've actually a bit of my history I was doing bridal fit modeling for quite a few years I did that for like maybe five years when I was in Hong Kong and I I worked for um an American company called David's Bridal so I had um I had, I had a lot of experience with trying on all these different types of dresses but still had no idea what style I wanted to go for. Um, and, yeah, like during that process it was just so much trying on for me because nothing really – I'm very picky and I just wanted something. I know – a lot of the bridal shops would say, every, you're, not, you're not different. Every, every bride comes in and says they want something different. But I really wanted something different. And, that's, and, I found that, and I found that in Danielle Frankel. I feel like she's a really up-and-coming designer at the moment. She just won the CDFA Fashion Award while I was, while I was working with her. And I, I saw her, like, evolve as a business. Um, while, you know, I was doing fittings and everything. She went from one office, then did an upgrade. So it was a nice experience working with her. Really, really nice. The yeah. sleeves on your dress were incredible. I know. The, yeah, they were beautiful. Mm. I was worried, though, you know, for it being too hot in Mexico. Um, I had actually picked another one of her dresses, which was long sleeve, but it was wool. So, and I... Yeah, and then I was like, no, I just want this dress. And but then 
you know, obviously the temperature. I'm so happy in hindsight that I didn't go with this particular dress. My one was kind of um, a more updated version of the older style. Um, so, and it was thinner and a little bit more summery, regardless of the sleeve. <laughs> and yep. were there pearl drop earrings from Danielle Frankel as well? No, no. So we were semi-inspired by that, but, um, you know, we we are in the um, jewelry, uh, diamond industry, but we also make other, like, fine jewellery as well. So we have a lot of pearl suppliers and we actually made um, those pearl drop earrings ourselves. Um, so that was quite nice to wear one of your own pieces and all my other jewellery was all by Jessica Nanda Jewellery, the girl that I work with from her company. So it was really nice. Incredible. And so generally what we do is we kind of, you've touched on so many of your amazing suppliers that you have used throughout your wedding day, but I just would love a little bit about your, um, the Harlem Gospel Choir that you had sing at your ceremony. Now, was that a, um, that was a surprise, was it? Or did you, did you know that they were singing this song? Yeah, so we, we did know, um, we flew them in from New York um, and uh, we had been like in discussions and in Tom, my husband, was in rehearsals with them, sitting in on rehearsals and we kind of wanted that um, Sunday session, Kanye West Sunday session feel. Um, and yeah, so anyway, they they weren't a surprise, but my husband had um, created a song for me um, and it was so, it was very unexpected. It actually makes me feel, watching back the video today, it's quite emotional um, because he's not that good at surprises normally. Um, he's not the most romantic guy either, but that's fine. Each to their own. I'm the romantic one of our relationship. Um, but this was just so out of the blue, so unexpected, and they just sung it to me and he was singing to me and, like, it brought tears to everyone's eyes. It was so special having this gospel choir sing this song that my husband had created, so it was really beautiful. I think it's going to bring tears to my eyes just even listening to it. It would have been magic. I'm, I'm emotional right now because it's that time of month, but I swear I'd be normally bawling my eyes out as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was beautiful. With your accommodation, was it quite hard to kind of find stuff for your guests as well because you had such like a large number of people flying over? That was probably the biggest issue um, I had of all the logistics just um and the accommodation um so uh, Costa Correa's where we got married um it's very remote area and it's along a 10 kilometer strip of coastal line Costa Correa's and within that strip is lots of different types of housing different types of accommodation bungalows villas and they're all individually owned so we had 130 guests coming in to a place where we had to you know sort out accommodation for every single person and make sure that the houses were available speak to each individual owner after the guests had worked out which places they wanted to stay work out you know um 
accommodation prices, try and work out some deals with the owners because it was the busiest time of the month, as a busiest time of the year in this spot. So, yeah, it was that was one of the hardest things I had to deal with with the wedding, which I don't feel like many many brides wouldn't put themselves in that position. I feel like if it is a destination wedding, you know, you have a hotel that your guests could go to. And that's easy. You can just tell people, stay here, stay there. I literally had to arrange for my 130 guests, like their accommodation individually. So, um, yeah, that was just even thinking about it, I'm like relieved that I no longer have to do any of that. Uh, you earned your tequila shots, babe, yeah, I think. exactly. Doing exactly. that. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more with you. <laughs> And then so on the day of your wedding, you did yoga in the morning? Yeah. So, um, again, Costa Carays is they – it's quite a spiritual place. There's – they love doing yoga and um, they also have, like, events during the year, Burning Man-esque events. So it's got a bit of a spiritual vibe. So there's a, this yogi girl who lives – in the area and she came over to the house where we actually got married in um, and she did yoga with me and my bridesmaids and it was so beautiful. It was like on a cliff top overlooking the Pacific Ocean and while we were doing yoga, there were whales migrating past. It was like very, very cool. (laughs) And it was like it was a perfect scene, blue ocean, bright blue skies not a cloud in the sky and it was just the perfect way to relax and prepare for a wedding before the madness and then so you got ready with the bridesmaids in the morning and then would you like to run us through like how your morning ran before the ceremony yeah so I guess after after the yoga session then things kind of got a bit crazy um I had my um, makeup artist and hairdresser. I flew her in from Australia, actually. Um, Her name is Sarah Laidlaw. I feel like, you know, obviously with makeup artist and your hair, you kind of want to really nail that. I don't want to take any chances. I don't know. So that was like my prerequisite uh, requirement is to have someone I know do that. So she did all the girls' makeup. Because I feel like you can go wrong with makeup hair, not as much. You can kind of fix that up, you know, as you go. But makeup's very important for me. So she did um, all the girls' makeup, my makeup, my mum's makeup. And then we actually had um, hairdressers come in from Guadalajara. I think Guadalajara is like six and a half seven hours away so they all traveled traveled in and did the bridesmaids hair and it was pretty manic to be honest I mean I'm a pretty crazy person as is and I although it might not seem stressful I just create a sense of stressfulness just because it's in my you know like it may may have started off smooth sailing and it, and it was smooth throughout the day but it just went from calm to manic <laughs> just all getting ready together in a, you know all getting ready together in a in a, a small room the guy um who owns the villa he um 
He actually owns Costa Crays as well, this Italian guy, and he put us in like literally the tiniest room of the whole house because he um, <laughs> so like and there was no fans, there was nothing. We were all the um, there's normally chefs in the house. They were all they had all di- somehow disappeared, so it was kind of like a lot of running around because we're in like a very remote um, area as well. So yeah, it was all very crazy, but. I wouldn't have expected anything less from my friends and myself and my family. <laughs> We're crazy. <laughs> that just all adds to the dynamic of a wedding though, doesn't it? I don't think there's a wedding that I've ever touched that is calm and serene through the whole process. No. And I think that's also one thing, you know, we – um, had a lot of, as I mentioned before, we had a lot of um, parties leading up to our wedding. So like towards our wedding, I mean, on our wedding day, I was just like exhausted. Like at 3 a.m., I think it was 3 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., I was like, I've got to go home. And I left, I ended up leaving my husband behind because he was having so much fun. And I didn't, you know, we'd planned, we had planned for this event for for over a year and you know I didn't want to like ruin his fun I just wanted him to keep having fun but yeah Mexican weddings my wedding planner wanted us he said so what time do you want to finish up do you want to finish up at 8 a.m 9 a.m I'm like is that it I didn't know if that was a joke honestly because that's what a Mexican (laughs) wedding is about so if anyone in Australia is over lockout laws Go get married in Mexico because you can party all night. You can party till eight in the morning. Right. He was asking us what we wanted to serve for breakfast. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, it's pretty weird. We really partied hard there. It was fun. Yeah. So then you got married um, kind of on the beachfront there in front of a big, um, beautiful blue wall, which was amazing. And you had the gospel singers. And then um, after that, so how did the kind of day roll out after the ceremony? Um, so after the ceremony, the um, bridal party went and got their pictures and um, and all our guests were sent to the spot where we had yoga in the morning. It's like a wraparound veranda, again, overlooking the Pacific Ocean and um, they watched the sunset there and the gospel singers um, came up and was just they were just singing um, a cappella, so it was really beautiful. And there was canapes and everything until we finished our pictures and the sun had gone down. And then um, all the guests made their way down to the garden, where there was two huge long tables, and um, and it was all lit up so beautifully. Uh, one big thing that I love and I know Mexicans are really into is the ambience so I um that's a yeah candles and lighting I love and I really think it creates a, a beautiful mood um so I made sure that was created throughout throughout um the wedding and on the night you had these um beautiful lights behind the table like these long tables it was so beautiful. Um, yeah, floating floating candles all above uh, the tables. We also had um, candles, like thousands of candles throughout um, throughout the garden. So 
it just really created like a mood, um, just like a, a fun kind of cool ambience type mood. I just really, it was great. It was um, really beautifully done. It was well executed by our wedding planner. Beautiful. And so with how the rest of you, you obviously didn't hit the 8am timeline that they were planning, no but with, with a destination, with a destination wedding, you've got events before you've got events afterwards yeah. it, it would be from you know from a wedding planner's point of view it would be really hard to pinpoint what would be your favorite detail of your wedding day have you got anything that you have that really stands out in your mind that's that kind of memory that still gives you tingles even you know after this time I honestly would have to say, and we've touched up on this, it was the song that my husband made for me. It was just so, it was something that I hadn't, I had no control of. I had no idea it was happening. It's just really romantic um, and just special for our wedding day. And it, it, all, it like, as I mentioned, it, you know, it brings like tears to my eyes. It's so, it's such a nice feeling to think that it took him half a year with these gospel these gospel choirs he went in for rehearsals and everything and created this song and it was beautiful so I think that was it and then could you catch on at all to practice well he he's likes to he's very um he loves his music and he uh just loves like anything musical so he'll go in and just want to sit in and watch them he's amazed by that um so that's basically what he had told me he's like oh yeah I'm going to rehearsals today so I didn't catch on I thought I, I don't know I thought he was going to sing me a song because I know he he's a singer so I thought they could possibly be that but then like you know as time went on I, I was like nah like I, I know what my husband's like and he's not gonna do that He's not one. He'll do it maybe when he's da- like later on in the night when he's drunk and he definitely did that. He definitely jumped on the microphone and was singing and loves to be the centre of attention um, during that time. But, um, yeah, when it's the ceremony, I-, I-, I wasn't sure, to be honest, and it really it was a surprise. It was amazing. Blew you away. Bl- blo- it's blowing us away. It's, it's um, incredible. Now you need to get your husband into you during your ceremony as well. No excuses. <laughs> Seriously, we've been together. No, we've been together for that that many years now that there is no songs coming from my husband. <laughs> I wouldn't let him in front of a mic anyway. <laughs> Men following the wedding, so a lot of people have like the day after lunch and stuff. Um, what had you the day after the wedding? So this was another huge event within itself um and for me the I called it it well I mean I feel like a lot of people call it the after party um I wanted this to be bigger than the wedding actually because I knew (laughs) I just never wanted to stop partying basically I just wanted everyone to enjoy themselves and have a good time but um I just thought like this was really the time that we could Tom and I could let our hair down um, and, you know, my my sister actually got married in Italy a few years ago and her after party was 
I won't tell her, but it was my it was the best part of the wedding. Like it's just when everyone's having so much fun, you know, and they're relaxed. So what we did, we hired a house in Costa Craze, um, and it had it was honestly my it's probably my the most um, favorite house out of out of all the places within that area um it's owned by this portuguese woman it's a bright like a burnt orange house and it has this pool this infinity pool that just stretches out um in front of the house overlooking the like a jungle and then in front of that is the pacific ocean again it was honestly just such a beautiful day it was so much fun and um i yeah, like it was just all, again, it was a very Mexican feel. It was a Narcos theme um, and we, it was just like a Narcos party kind of like where you have, it was like a glamorous kind of party. That's the feel I wanted it to um, be and, you know, we had me- uh, food stalls um, with churros Paletas, which is this Mexican ice cream. Um, we had paella stand. We had a taco stand, a margarita stand. So really, like, it just felt very Mexican. And, um, yeah, it was it was such a fun day. It was really fun. I wish I, I wish I could go back and do that same day without all the other, without all the other events. I could really, really enjoy it because we had so many events. But... It was still so beautiful and very memorable. Lovely. And then finishing off, so um, with your suppliers, we know that you had um, a Danielle Frankel dress for the um, kind of ceremony, but then you changed into an Alex Perry dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've had um, a lot of people told me not to change because they say you spend so much money in your wedding gown um, and just to enjoy it. Um, and I was really, really torn, but the normal me would definitely change. Um, so in the beginning I wasn't going to change. And then I talked myself into it being like that, well, that's not like you, you would change. So I, with, cause the Danielle Frankel was a little bit more on the conservative side. As soon as I changed into the Alex Perry dress, which was shorter more fun but it still to me felt very bridal um and I just really let my hair down and then my Sarah Laidlaw my hairdresser she uh changed my hairstyle touched up some of my makeup and I and you know I felt like it was almost like a new me and I could just come out and just really enjoy the party and I wasn't so much on show although it was still such a beautiful gown I just could really let my hair down. That was beautiful floral dress that really suited the theme. Yeah, it was amazing. It was really beautiful. And then we have to really touch base on another supplier, which was your cake. Um, so that was a huge love heart shaped. It was just massive. And tell us about that. So I had actually uh, bought on inspiration from an, uh, another girl, um, this girl from New York, actually, she did a very similar heart-shaped cake. Um, and I wasn't, for me, the cake wasn't everything. I just wanted um, something simple. I didn't really mind who 
made it. I got this, uh, it, it was a, a Tres Leches cake, which was um, a Mexican flavoured cake. Um, and I got this local uh, Mexican chef to make it and they made it exactly how I wanted it. And it was, they really did a good job with it. Um, but yeah, the cake wasn't the biggest part of the wedding for me. Um, so I didn't want a tiered cake. I wanted something like flatter, a little bit more ca- casual. I would say more on theme with the surroundings and being in Mexico. Lovely. So then a lot of your supplies were from um, Mexico. What about your photographer? Were they from Mexico or did you fly them in from somewhere? No. So, well, our videographer was from Australia, from Moon and Back. We flew them in. But the photographer, Mexicans are very creative in their work. Um, So I knew I wanted to get my photographer from Mexico. Um, I had to do a lot of research because, again, with my wedding planner, he had their idea um, for photography is different because we've been brought up in a different way you know they've got different ideas to what to what other people like and you know so I think um I mean same goes with every country you know so I feel like it's I had to really tell him exactly what I wanted but um he he pointed me in the right direction he gave me quite a few photographers to go over and um I found this one photographer from this photography company called Meraki and the photographer was called, um, her name was Laura Brusel and it was actually her first, her first wedding in English, she said, and she did such an amazing job. Like the pictures, you know, are a reflection of your day. You want to make sure you get a very good photographer because they're your memories. Um, and I like, could, if anyone is getting married in Mexico, she is your girl. She was incredible. All the pictures were outstanding, every single one of them. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really happy that I went with her and went with someone from Mexico. Uh, so have you got any, I mean, that's a tip in itself, isn't it? But planning a destination wedding living in a different location, having family and friends coming from all over the world. Do you have any really strong tips of advice for brides that, you know, could be looking to (laughs) run out of lockdown in Australia and head over to Mexico? Yeah. Um, I, gosh, I think that it's tough. Um, I think like with a destination wedding, you really if they're speaking another language and a language that you know, it's always good to get someone on the ground there, for sure. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do it without my wedding planner, although, like, you know, we did sometimes have a different vision on things. It was executed in the way I really wanted it to be executed and it was done because he spoke the language. He spoke Spanish. So um, that is definitely one big advice, one big uh, Um, advice from me in terms of like people getting married overseas in a foreign country I think also one one tip that I was given and that was from Georgie Duddy um, from After the Rock she said that if there's any issues that um, you know come by during your wedding day or 
during any of the other events that you've got going on to not let it stress you out. That was like one um, bit of advice which I held on during the whole time um, during the week of my wedding. I think, you know, you can't, it's out of your control at that stage and you cannot let it worry you because then it's going to, you know, people will be able to tell. It will reflect in your mood and I mean, it's out of your control and a lot of a lot of the times people don't actually know that that is not how it was supposed to go down. So I think that, that was the biggest and the best tip that I got um, and I really held on to that in the back of my mind. So if anything went wrong and there were little things here and there, but, you know, it was insignificant in the overall picture um, because I didn't let it worry me and I think regardless of whether you're getting married overseas or you're getting married in Australia, that is like the number one advice I would give brides is not to let it worry you at the time of the wedding because it's no one knows really. So, yeah, that would be all advice. Oh, well, Charlotte, thank you so much for taking all of us to Mexico with you because <laughs> Your wedding day sounded incredible and, um, you know, thank you so much for joining us and all your information. And it was really, really amazing to have, um, you know, a real bride but also, you know, someone who is so in tune with what you do now in the diamond industry and how important it is to hear from someone with your experience, um, you know, giving advice to people about their ring, which, you know, is not always touched on as much as it should be. So thank you so much for joining us on all your tips. It was um it was a total pleasure. No problem. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You and Me podcast. If you're after any of the suppliers mentioned in today's episode, you can head on over to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast and jump into our episode release where we've tagged all these incredible suppliers featured in this interview. If you're a bride or groom and would like to chat to us about having your wedding featured on the You and Me podcast, you can send us a submission DM to our Instagram page at the You and Me podcast titled Real Couple Submission or message us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the You and Me podcast. Leaving reviews, rating the episodes, sharing the love with all your loves and subscribing to our podcast really helps us to continue producing the amazing content designed just for you. So don't be shy. You can also follow our ordinary lives with Andy over at The Bridal Journey and Laura at Wonderlust Creative. Thanks for joining.